like you give me love, oh. Now you the catch my shot, For your sake, I go go touch you. Hey. We go drive around you for my Porsche. Baby, Ipana. They say he like you all I catch you all up. Baby, Ipana. Anywhere that you go, I go follow you to go. Baby, Ipana. They say he like cassava. I get the big cassava. Baby, Ipana. My love for you. You never die, you never die. Uh, iba iba, oh baby iba iba. Baby you too sweet, whatever. Uh, baby dance to the lagwaja. Make a take you to Fabalada. Iba iba, oh baby iba iba. Baby you too sweet, whatever. Uh, baby dance to the lagwaja. Make a take you to Fabalada. Your love is a beautiful thing. Can you the cool my temper? Good morning, Matilda. All right. Good morning, everybody. Can you hear me? Matilda, are you there? Good morning. Yes, now I can hear you. Okay, sorry. I think I was talking when my phone was on mute. (laughs) I apologize for that. I didn't... uh, I was saying... Uh, my opening remarks, which have just gone with the wind, I said, those that live in the diaspora, those of us that live in the diaspora, we belong to what I'm calling two worlds, or whatever word you want to use, your original home, if you wish to say that, or your adopted home. So the political processes that go on in both places do affect us, especially those of us that have lived or taken the United States as our home. And it's important to understand that everything that happens in both places, your original and your adopted home, they do affect you. That's the reason I decided that we do have some sort of discussion on what is going on in the Democratic Party presidential primaries. Not that everybody in the diaspora who is an immigrant is a Democrat. It's just that... This, the Democrats are the ones who have multiple candidates. Now it has come to two who are trying to get a candidate who is going to stand against Donald Trump. So I was thinking that we take a, uh, just an understanding of how things happen and what is going on there. This is our discussion today. The two guests are not Democratic Party officials or representatives. That's why on our promotion of the show, on social media, I put, I categorically stated that this is a citizen's view or a citizen's analysis, a citizen's perspective. So our two guests will just give us an understanding of how it works, of how it is happening. And this is what we are going to be doing on this show this morning. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon, Europe. Good evening, the Western Pacific and other parts of the world. Thank you for joining us. This is Nathan Inkama, your host. I'm host uh, from the great city and state of Dallas, Texas.
Dr. Patrick Wilson is not a stranger to this show, neither is Rodney Lucas. They are both contributors to our show, and we, they are Zambian-American or American-Zambian, whichever terminology you want to use. So this morning we are looking at what is going on in the Democratic Party, and it has come to two candidates. Dr. Patrick, good morning. Good morning, good morning. How are you, my brother? Good morning. Welcome to the show. All right. Hi, Rodney. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? How are you doing? How's, how's Florida today? Bright and sunny. <laughs> as always. As always. Okay. I'm going to throw the first question at you, Rodney. Uh, and Dr. Patrick, you will both, either you will be chiming in as it goes. One thing that is distinctly different between the Democrats and the Republicans is that the Democrats have got this system called super delegates. Okay? How does that work? And who are the super delegates? How does that work? How are the super delegates, how is it implemented or utilized? So, I guess you have to look at the history of uh, going back to the 1984 convention for the Democratic National Conventions, and uh, they put in place these superdelegates. So just to kind of give an overall picture, Mm -hmm. uh, currently there are 3,979 pledged delegates. Uh, These people... Uh, could be men or women, uh, they're leaders in the party, and they have the ability to vote in the next candidate to represent the Democratic Party uh, in the okay. fall. So uh, just, just to give an overview. Then of that 3,979 delegates, uh, 771 of them are super delegates. So I just wanted to kind of give an overview. Uh, well, 712. Sorry, I missed mm-hmm. one. And based on the 15% that uh, you had to have of the vote to be considered. So these were changes they, they did by doing this percentage of 15%. Now, on the Republican side, just, just to kind of give insight, their percentage is 7% mm-hmm. of delegate so okay so and what it, is the you, you mentioned Robin, sorry to interrupt you you mentioned that uh, this was started in 1984 what's the significance of 1984 what, what actually led to this uh the uh well the significance of it came about because of uh carter jimmy carter uh four years before that in 1980 and the things he went through, uh, they tried to make it more transitional, smoother uh, to Mm -hmm. get the nomination. So they made these changes, these policy changes to this format. So that's been pretty much the format uh, that, that they moved forward with because uh, I guess back in that day, Carter only carried like six states, and the District of Columbia, and uh, he just got ahead of uh, George McGovern um, 
in that time frame. So it, um, I guess just in, you know, every generation you, you, you try to tweak things. If, if, I, if I may mm-hmm. use the word tweak. So they've looked at the progression of America, what sales, what, what gets us there. Um, as you guys, as, as, our speak as our listening audience knows, Trump didn't win the popular vote. Yes, delegates, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the Electoral College delegates voted how they felt. So that, that's, a, that's a real concern or a real um, issue there, that the 712 people plus um, the other um, – 2,591 have a say in who's the next Democratic Party uh, uh, nominee. Okay, okay. Dr. Patrick, so how how are these delegates, as uh, Rodney has already explained, how how does it work? Um, How do they, because I know the, what do you call it, 1991, that's 1,991, Pledge delegates within the states, the primaries, as the as the candidates go, what do you call it, as they go campaigning and the primaries are held in each state, blah 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 blah. There are 1991 pledge delegates who want to be a nominee. How does the super delegates situation work? How are the super dele- How is the super delegates? Uh, um, what's the word? <laughs> Uh, how is how are they how do they use those super delegates votes or whatever they call it? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, let me let me begin and add on to what Brother Rodney is um, speaking of a few minutes uh-huh. ago. Let me begin with delegates. Uh, everyone uh-huh. asks, what is a delegate? And, and a delegate is an individual selected by the winning party members of that state. So mm-hmm. let's let's go to let's go to North uh yeah, let's go to North Carolina. And North Carolina uh, the winning party candidate was Joseph Biden. Yes. And yes. And, uh, and the the losing or the person that came in second was um Bernie Sanders. So the delegate number proportion is the winner gets the most number of delegates. So let's say Joe Biden uh, received 50 delegates and Bernie Sanders received 20. That means Joe Biden, the the Democrat Party or the Democrat candidate, will select in North Carolina 50 individuals to be their delegate, to be their pledged delegate. So when they go to the convention, 50 individuals have pledged to vote for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders will select, his, his people will select 30 individuals, and there will be 30 of his delegates. So you have 50 from North Carolina and 30 from, from North Carolina. So 50 delegates is going to that's what they mean pledge. They're definitely going to 
vote for Joe Biden. So when the roll call comes, they say the state of North Carolina, the individual, the, the person that was selected to represent the 50, will stand up and they say, we cast 50 votes for Joe Biden. And then the other candidate will stand up, his representative will stand up, we cast 30 votes for Bernie Sanders. And that's how the delegates are proportioned. So each state, when they run a run a um, election, if it's a primary or if it's a caucus, mm-hmm. caucus, the difference between primary and caucus is primary, everybody gets to vote. Caucus, you have groups of people um, selecting a particular candidate and who gets the most, then they move over to the other group and so caucus is a little scattered, but yet still, they will give you the number of delegates. So now we okay. have delegates. And, and I go back earlier than um, Rodney, in that in 1968, there was a Democratic um, Party. The Democratic Party went ahead and nominated Hubert Humphrey. And Hubert Humphrey... <clears throat> He was elected despite him having run ran a single primary, which means that the the party captains without delegates floating around, they they automatically said, Okay, we want Hubert Humphrey, so forget about um, the state of North Carolina selects Hubert No, they didn't go that way. This was unfair. So what they did was they changed it and went to the pledge delegates, and they went to super delegates. So the, uh, the 1916, uh, 19, not 1916, 2016, had another problem because Hillary Clinton received super delegates. Now, as Ryan wow. mentioned, the super delegates that are different from pledge delegates is that the superdelegates don't have to go through the election process, the primary process and caucus process that we just discussed. Superdelegates are already identified, and the superdelegates are made up of 26 distinguished party leaders, 236 of the Democratic House representatives, 48 of the senators, 28 of the Democratic governors, all of these are, they already have a spot to vote. Okay. Okay. So let me stop you there, Dr. Patrick. Dr. Patrick, let me stop okay. you right there. So I want okay. to understand how the super delegates thing, and I don't want us to dwell on this because of time. You know, an hour is not enough for us to break down everything. So, for example, Rodney, if Pelosi says she endorses Bernie Sanders, does that count towards the delegates count? If she is, well, she is a super delegate. So yes, yes it counts. Which it counts. counts. And she has influence over that group of 712. And that, okay. the ripple, let me also, the, Rodney, the ripple, Rodney, let me just let me just add that with the the 2016 election, 
the superdelegates can't vote on the first round. It's only the um, the delegates, the pledged delegates. That's the um, criticism that Bernie Sanders said. He said you're tipping the scale. So therefore, the superdelegates <laughs> won't even vote on the first round. Just the just the the pledged delegates that we've talked about on the printing states. Okay. Uh. Uh, I think this requires time of its own. <laughs> I was just trying to get to that because a lot of people said they addressed the issue of superdelegates. Okay, let's get to the candidates. Do you think Sanders' socialist position and his rhetoric, is it pushing away the democratic constituency? I, I don't believe you can undo 244 years of a base. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the United States is a free market. Socialism is is uh, something that you're not even taught in American schools. It's taught from a, a negative perspective of communism. So mm. where, where is Bernie's base of support if he were to get in? He'll never have nothing passed. So that's a no-no, Right. Well, I, you, in America, you're entitled to your opinion. So well, he's entitled to, to do what he wants to do. Mm. All right, that uh, Dr. Patrick, it's not working. Is it working? It's interesting that when we talk of Bernie Sanders, we talk mm-hmm. about socialism and the positive aspects of socialism. But when we talk about Russia, we forget about Russia being a socialist, um, communist country. Mm-hmm. So we have Russia, a Russia, China, Venezuela, Cuba. Right. Over. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, so in in agreement with Rodney, when you when you talk about socialism, people don't forget that they they associate socialism with communism and with um. Russia and Cuba and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, again, mm-hmm. you can have Bernie be elected, but yet still, who's going to work with him to make change on the politics, political level? So there's there's conundrum there. Mm. Okay, for those of you who are listening, this is the citizens' review or view of how the democratic primary system works. Okay. Dr. Dr. Patrick and Rodney are not DNC representatives or spokespersons. We are just having a citizen's conversation to help us understand how this thing works. Dr. Patrick, I raised this issue with you two weeks ago, something that is bothering me about Bernie Sanders. Uh, What is the issue with him about the billionaires? Uh, here's the problem I have with that. Not that I'm a Joe Biden supporter. I, I just have a problem with this rhetoric about billionaires. Bernie Sanders is a millionaire himself. How does one reconcile the two? You, you can't. You just have to remember and always um, have in the back of your mind of about how Bernie Sanders and what he talks about, how he began and how he continues to espouse political beliefs. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, my, my, my example of Bernie Sanders is if you 
ask Bernie Sanders about the weather. Mm. Bernie Sanders will talk about peanut butter and jelly. If you ask <laughs> Bernie Sanders about if you ask Bernie Sanders about the sun and the moon, he will mm-hmm. begin by saying the sun and the moon, peanut butter and jelly, peanut butter and jelly, peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> if you ask mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders about Canada and the United States, he'll say, well, Canada and the United States, peanut butter and jelly, peanut butter and jelly. So this is the situation that Bernie Sanders finds himself in. He, mm-hmm. he speaks, he's always talked about um, the billionaires taking money away from the middle class and the lower class. But as soon as he talks about it or when you ask him about himself becoming a millionaire, he'll go back to, well, the billionaires and the me and taking money from the middle class and the, and the lower class. So hmm. the, the conflict that he has is his, his pro-socialistic speech, pro-democratic socialistic stance interferes with his real being as to him becoming a millionaire during the process of him serving in the Senate. So it's a conflict, but remember, he'll always revert back to his, his pronouncement. And that's so conflict. So Rodney, how can one be blind to a situation like if you talk about a billionaire, you're talking about Microsoft, you're talking about how many jobs does my, how many people does Microsoft employ? You're talking about a billionaire. You're talking about Buffett Warren. How many how many employees does Buffett Warren have under his his companies? I, I, to me, it's it's just I don't know. You are singling out people because you are singling them out for the sake of rhetoric. That's why I look at it. I don't know what your comment is on that. Well. Like my counterpart has mentioned today, it, you have to sift through so many things to make your own decision. So mm. what Bernie tries to play up on is the little man. And subconsciously giving them hope. Doesn't mean that it ever happened. It's just the hope. Mm-hmm. Something to strive for to say, hey, somebody thought about That, that I don't I don't get caught up in all the the, the hypocritical things that happen with Sanders. You know, Biden mm-hmm. has his issues as well. But yes, uh, we are Sanders, coming to Biden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, Sanders' double-edged sword is he's rich, but he's trying to say these guys are richer and they're not fair. I'm fair. <laughs> So, so, so right there, it's a persuasive speech, and that's all it is. And then, okay. if you know moving forward, and moving forward, if you know your history, we're a free market. There's no way he would ever be successful mm. as the president. Yeah. So the key word there: you are rich. I'm rich, but you are richer, and uh, whatever. Rich is rich. Let's go to Biden. I'll stay stay with you, uh, Rodney. Well, and then, uh, uh-huh. before you go to to Biden, Nathan, uh, uh, yes. on the same question, the question is, why are the younger children, the the younger ones, following him? Uh, mm-hmm. Because it's like the, the older guys, 
with all these socialists, the past they had, the Soviet Soviet Union, the capitalists they have always known. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Obama used to say, it is very very hard to change their minds. But the children, they've got their message. I'm sure they understand. This guy does not mean socialist uh, Cuba. They do understand. Ah. It does not. But he is talking about some form of equality. This is why yes. the children are... I'm not sure they are foolish. I'm not sure they, they, they want uh, uh, Russian socialism. No. Mm-hmm. But they do understand that this guy is talking about fairness. And if when you look at the plate, no matter how we are going to look at the Warren Buffett of this world, and they've just got 1.5 trillion the other day, they were bailed out. The the plate is unfair for the for, for the little guy in the street. That is just a fact. Rodney, can I yeah, take a shot at it? Well, there, uh, hey, I, I support your statement. Also, just to add to your statement, if as a younger, that younger generation, it appeals to them when someone tells them, I want to give you free education. So my, I'm listening to you. When you start talking about all the things you want to give me, health care, I don't have to pay for anything, but in theory you will be paying for it because you're going to get taxed more in order for the government to pay for all those things. So the younger generation isn't looking at the total ramifications. Plus, they didn't grow up the way we have grown up mm-hmm. with, with the perspective of socialism. With socialism, you lose you lose your 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 religious base. All all kind of things come come with that. So, uh, but. You know, I know we don't have enough time to really get into those things, but I think the the lack of research by the younger generation that they mm-hmm. need to step up and look at things too, because as a president, you only have so much power. Plus, you have the ability to use the executive order. So, the bad thing about well, one of the concerns with Bernie. Uh, as the uh, president-elect would be, even his party, the Democratic Party, would not support him in backing any legislation he wants. Mm. That's an interesting view. Additionally, I want you to, uh, Roger has raised an interesting point. The younger generation are not, understanding Bernie from the Cuba, Russia, China, socialism. How, uh, how, how do you process that? <laughs> oh, well, you, you look at the, um, it's not all the youth are voting for, um, for, for Bernie, for Bernie, Bernie yeah. Sanders. Um, let's just say 70%. And mm-hmm. a larger percent are college-going students. And if if everyone will recall that when we started college, we were very liberal-minded. And the professors that were teaching us were teaching us about different types of systems uh, and the benefits of 
a socialist system versus a democratic system. So we're wide open to changes in what's good for the populace and what's not good for the populace. We also found out that there are pros and cons for the capitalistic system. So when you have an individual such as Bernie Sanders talking about the benefits of a democratic socialist system and how it could benefit the younger generation, the younger generation would be more attuned to that type of um, advancement. Just remember that the word um, uh, um, the word for a sophomore, which all students become sophomores, even when they mm-hmm. move into the junior and the senior level, is a wise fool, meaning that they're open to everything and anything, and they like to change, and they think this can happen. But once a student graduates from the college and moves into the working world, their liberalism is tanked, will change to conservative. The liberal mind now of the youth is changing. Mm-hmm. We want to change. We want to change now. Let's change it. Let's change it. Bernie's saying we're going to change it immediately. It can happen. It can happen. But it doesn't happen that quickly. And they realize that when they get older. So the youth right now is agreeing to Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders is saying it's going to happen now. Free health care for everybody. No tuition. Uh, forget about it. Tuition. <laughs> Governor plays for it. That's no, okay. what they're listening to. Uh, okay. Let, let, let's let's make some headway here. I know we've done enough with uh, Benny Sanders. Uh, one thing is evident. Even before uh, the declarations by states, counties, and cities about uh, banning these uh, huge gatherings of campaigns, it's clear Rodney, Dr. Patrick, everybody listening, that Biden didn't do much campaigning, hasn't done much campaigning, but he keeps sweeping these primaries. Are the voters rewarding him for saving Obama? Well, all right, let me chime in. So um, I'll use the example of a gladiator. So uh, as a gladiator, if I have a record of being in the arena and defeating people, then there comes a time when my seat will be or, or my throne, my championship will be challenged. You have challengers. So Bernie today can't say he's been the vice president for eight years. He can't say that he's been a senator for over 30 years, even though he's uh-huh. a senator, but there's no substitute for experience. So sometimes what Trump has not learned is to say less because I'm the forerunner. Uh-huh. He didn't join in 16. He's running now. And so because he's a forerunner, there are certain things he shouldn't have to say. Okay. His record at that point says it. Dr. Patrick, I don't, Roger, even his message is not very clear, if we may put it that way. Don't you see a danger going into November, uh, into the general election with this kind of 
approach he's taking. I, I, I don't know what uh, Biden's message is. I don't. Maybe I'm just... It's not clear. I think I... Not I think, but I agree with Rodney. What you have here is a canvas painting. And when you mm-hmm. look at a painting, let's say you're looking at Picasso, a Picasso painting. And you yes. see everything, all the colors and all the beauty in this Picasso painting. So, therefore, Joe Biden will hold up the painting and say, this is me. This is going up to him being identified or being selected as the candidate for the Democratic Party. So, let's say he is identified and selected as the candidate of the Democratic Party. The delegates, yes. delegates vote for him, superdelegates vote for him, and he is the candidate. At that particular time, Joe Biden is going to say, you see this painting I've been showing you? Let's look at the red color. Let's look at the blue color. Let's look at the green color. He'll zero in on the politics or the his position, his background, and how he differs from the red color, and he say, well, Donald Trump is the pink color. He'll say his color is blue, deep blue. Donald Trump is light blue. And so right now, it's very general. Mm-hmm. But when, you, when he becomes the candidate, or if he becomes the candidate of the Democratic Party, he's going to become very specific. And you'll see that the party will wrap behind him and start giving him pointers and discussions and talking points, and that will be focused more so directly at um, Donald Trump. So right now it's broad, but it will become very specific very soon. Okay. (laughs) So, Nathan, when you say um, that there's not a clear message on Biden, so when we go back and we look back to when Obama ran, he was an uh-huh. unknown. So he yes. had to work harder to establish his name. Okay. He had to have he, he has to do what, what Bernie's doing. He has to lay out here's my platform, here's how I'm going to do this moving forward. Um and I'm gonna do it over these series of 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 planned timelines. All this. Well, we already know Biden is a, 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 a disciple, if you will, of Obama. So part of that branding is there. Mm. And as Dr. Patrick had pointed out, as we get closer, oh, you going to know who Biden is. And the good with the bad is going to come out. That's true. Before I allow somebody, Dr. Kalonde, to come in here, don't you see that, uh, Rodney, uh, sending a signal, a message of uh, being a weapon from the Republicans to say, same old, same old, same old? Nathan, let me just add on a quick one to Dr. Patrick's uh, uh, point uh, that right mm. now, uh, the, 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 the message may, may look uh, general. Uh, I'm thinking we flip it. We flip it and put it in the voter's mind. 
the voters' mm-hmm. mind, the democratic voters' mind right now, uh, Nathan, they don't care about health care. They don't care about social security. They don't care about nothing. All they care about is Donald Trump has to go. The, the way he has uh, conducted himself in office, a lot of independence. They mm. don't even want to, to... In my view, I mean, you've given a good example. He went to Virginia once, Biden. Once. Mm. He went to North Carolina once. He probably never went to Texas. Mississippi. Did he even campaign in Mississippi? No. And he swept them. In the minds of the Democrats, Joe Biden can just find a a nice good island, go and sit there, (laughs) or remain here and do the job. I like that. I like that. Everybody are listening to Zander Block Talk Radio. We are talking to <laughs> we are talking to Dr. Patrick Wilson and Robin Lucas. We are doing a citizens analysis of the Democratic uh, Party primaries. Uh, Dr. Galonde, I, 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 you can come in here. I don't know which part you wanted to come in. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, good morning. Good morning. I, 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 I think I'll do some kind of mix-up here because I had to say, I wanted to say something about the socialism and capitalism and what is going on. And Roger touched on it with the, the students and the younger people uh, somehow following uh, what uh, Mr. Bernie Sanders has been saying. Uh, and the, unfortunately, yes, the the listenership somehow failed to understand about the word socialism and capitalism, and I've said it several times. Ben Sanders' uh, socialism is not Karl Marx socialism, and moreover, when people slam uh, socialism, they forget that socialism is practiced in America every day. There are millions of people that are on welfare. There are millions of people who go to the emergency uh, department in the hospital to get help because they don't have money. They're up to now. Just yesterday, the judge stopped the Trump government from removing 700,000 people from food stamps. That is socialism. When we talk about socialism, our K through 12 schools, nobody pays for school. That is socialism. People, when we talk about capitalism and we are being paid the so-called slave wages and we, somebody talks about these multi-billionaires, meanwhile we are going from month to month with a salary that can just give us a cover or maybe a saving of less than $200 a month. And we are excited. We are in capitalism. Look at China today with their practice of socialism plus capitalism. They've found a solution to be a better economic country. That socialism in China is where we go and borrow for our survival as capitalists. Why okay. is that so? 
Those questions yes. must be answered before we yeah, learn great standards. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I mean, the, the, you know, the thing is that Rodney made an important point to say, uh, it's very interesting, uh, like the way socialism is taught in the American school system, it's taught from a negative point of view. And exactly. Probably they, they don't even talk much about it and all that. But, yeah, I appreciate that, Dr. Kalonde. That's a subject and the topic of its own. Um, let, let's try no, to... Can I say something about Mr. Biden's campaign? Okay, very quickly. We're running out of time. There are things I want Rodney and Dr. Patrick to address oh, here. No, I can, it, it can wait. It can wait. That's fine. That's okay, fine. yeah, yeah. Okay, let, let, let's go on and, and, and see. We're trying to evaluate the situation here. Um, okay, so, gentlemen, ladies, uh, there is the component of saying all what people want is. Obama, well, I know Obama out. They want Trump out of this. Uh, okay, fair enough. But I still want us to process this and see how Bernie Sanders claims that he's spoken to Obama many times. Obama has refused to take any, to endorse anybody. Uh, he doesn't need to endorse anybody. We all know what. Uh, well, you can't work with somebody for eight years and then you. It's not necessary for him to endorse anybody. That's my view anyway. Uh, how powerful is the Obama effect in this uh, primary process, Rodney? It's very, very strong. When you look at the ads coming in now, first ad mm-hmm. that runs is Bernie Sanders, and Obama's leading with, uh, I guess, a unauthorized tape that says, oh, I endorse Bernie Sanders. Then you come mm-hmm. right behind that one with Biden's ad that says Obama <laughs> is is got through everything with the support of Biden. So there's a very mm-hmm. strong effect. But then, you know, I, I look at one thing here. Mm-hmm. Biden is running on traditional on tradition of the Democratic Party. Yes. He's he, his, his thing is, I'm tradition. You know who I am, and I am that I am. So right there, Bernie comes in. You have conflicted information with Bernie because when you bring out he's wealthy, then it's like you go, okay, you're just double-talking. Um, you know, but, but traditionally – there's where it's at. But I think the underlying thing here is, as my dad pointed out to me the other day, he'll vote for the dog catcher just to get Trump out. <laughs> one of the things that, uh, going back to Sanders, Dr. Patrick, one of the things like I keep saying, I keep struggling with this, is he keeps bashing the Democratic establishment. Then he comes out with an ad with him and Obama in there, well, that's, that's conflict. Because whether you like it or not, Obama is part of the Democratic establishment. Well, he's telling yes, the people, that, he's telling the politics. people I'm like too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> politics. That's, that's all he's saying. That's politics. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's trying to 
grasp at straws and try to maintain at least some type of um, appreciation by those who are voting for him or running for him or running with him. So that's that's what he's looking at. He's saying, uh, don't give up on me yet. I, I still have some Obama affiliation, so please mm-hmm. stay with me. That's what that's all about. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know, Nathan, uh, the, the yes. important question you asked uh, uh, of the Obama effect and the, the, the black people. If, if, if you look at how uh, Joe Biden carried himself under 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 Obama, Obama. Mm-hmm. he was what we call in Zambian language a chola boy. Uh, I don't know who can interpret that for 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 Rodney and Dr. Patrick. They he was it. a chola boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, a trial boy, Doctor Patrick, is someone who carries a bag for carries yeah. a bag for the for the bill. He never argued. He never gave contradictory messages. Remember how we used to call Dick Cheney as George Bush's brain. I mean, Roger, Roger, are you are you talking about Pence? No, he's talking about uh, Biden. And I Obama. know. I'll be uh, tongue tongue in cheek. He must be talking about Pence. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, but my point was: remember how Dick Cheney we used we used to call he was the brain for for George Bush. Those were mm-hmm. that was never the case. That trust Nathan, the black people saw that. The black people saw Biden be loyal to their person. Who could have easily been be, 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 been slain down and and done and you know backstab him? That was never the case mm. until the the, the the attempt was was over. That gratitude, Nathan. That gratitude, the black people are bringing it back on Biden. It is huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's evident from the way the elections are going. It, two 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 questions here as we end, uh, Rodney and Dr. Patrick, and I hope everybody is, is enjoying this as much as uh, I, I. Since in my preparation for this, I was literally looking for everything to do with Sanders, Biden, and everything else. I listened to an interview uh, of a Sanders campaign official. Uh, I think it was on CNN, blah, blah, blah. And they believe that putting Biden to task on his record will strengthen his candidacy against Trump. Do you believe that, Dr. Patrick? This is going into tomorrow's debate. I I do. And I don't believe that um, Bernie Sanders is going after, will go after, Biden. I think they'll just look at the key points and they will, uh, well, Bernie Sanders will seek to see where Joe Biden stands on the points that he's been pushing. Uh-huh. That way it's giving a message to Bernie Sanders' supporters that uh, should I drop out, it's okay to go with Joe Biden because he believes as strongly as I do about these key points. You 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 take the same position, Rodney. 
when you're the dark horse, you you don't know how it's gonna how they're gonna fight you. It, it's it's you know common sense says uh, our intellectual prowler says he should do this, mm-hmm. but when you're behind, you have that shock value at any time. So until it happens, we'll find out. Uh, I can't speculate on. I mean, I I agree with what what just has been said, but I know if I'm behind, I'm looking at unseating you or causing doubt. Um, mm. So that, that that's where it's at, you know. Uh, he said okay. he's not going to come out at all. He's going to write this all the way to the convention. That is Bernie Sanders. So if I'm riding, it's do or die. That means. Anything I can do to 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 punch a hole in in any of your related stories, uh, history, I'm gonna do it. Mm. Mm. Before we are done, I hope I hope hope you're wrong, Rodney, because um, if he stands, what he's going to do is he's not going to only puncture a hole in Joe Biden; he's going to puncture a hole in the possibility of removing Trump. From office, I'm I'm hoping that Bernie will will point out things that he wants Joe Biden to go with on his policy on his platform, and then let's say two months from now he'll drop out. I agree with that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Let, let, let's hope it goes that way because the indication right now is that he may take this all the way to the convention. I hope he doesn't get to 1994 Jimmy Carter Kennedy. A situation. Before I, I, we address the last question in the eight minutes, eight nine minutes remaining here, uh, everybody with the coronavirus situation here. We, I'm working on getting the Minister of Health from Zambia to tell us how uh, Zambia's preparedness is in this matter. Because uh, somebody, Roger, just shared the letter with me. I think it's from the Kenyan or Malawian president, where they've taken the same position that uh, America has taken, where they've canceled all large events and uh, things like that. But it looks like uh, back home they are more interested in banning Sangwa from the court than uh, address, addressing the, the, the coronavirus issue. Uh, Dr. Patrick, it's very clear that uh, Bernie Sanders' electability against Trump is even he himself, he admitted it. He said this question, everybody says, oh, they like my policies, but I think Biden is more electable. So if you know that, if you are very clear about that situation, that my colleague is, has got a greater electability possibility against this candidate, who is not a pushover, why not just drop out? Dr. Patrick and then Rod. Well, well that, that's why um, I alluded to this fact in my uh, previous uh, discussion or previous statement. Which is, mm-hmm. I don't, if Bernie, if Bernie really uh, realizes that this, uh, there's a major difference here on electability, then what he will, will do is to get those who are supporting him to move to Joe Biden. And the only mm-hmm. way he can honestly speak and ask his supporters to move to Joe Biden is if he gets Joe Biden to agree with 90% of Bernie's policies or, or um, platform. So if it's, if it's not going to be 100% health care, 
then Joe Biden has to say that I'm moving towards 100% health care. He has to give Bernie supporters something to say, okay, Bernie, you're dropping out. I'll move over to Joe Biden. Hmm. Okay. Rodney. And the behind the scenes deal. So the back room, what is cut? We don't know yet. Hmm. It will come out at some point, but, um, I guess Sanders has uh, talked a, a good game. So, so mm-hmm. right there, my question mark, my my concern is uh, when is he going to submit? You know, the the olive branch has been, uh, you know, extended by uh, Biden in, in mm-hmm. his uh, victory speeches, and he says, "Hey, I just want to unify the whole party." You know, then you have Warren, who strategically has said, I ain't, I'm not endorsing neither one of them right now. But the backroom deal has already been cut for her to endorse Biden. So it, 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 it's just all going to come out. But Sanders, maybe he forgets tomorrow or, or today uh, what what he pledged. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, you, you have uncertainty. The uncertainty is I got to stand in my heart. <laughs> Can I move forward or am I going to make chaos? <laughs> okay. You know, he's, he's yeah. a bitter man. So I, I, I just, you know, bitter. Do, 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 we get, do we get the impression that he feels like He's being played like it happened last time in 2016 with, uh, what do you call it, with Clinton? Is that what it is? It's like these guys, he's an independent. Why not just form your own political party? Well, well, hold on. Now, now, now when you go back to Clinton, the most awesome <laughs> thing there was she had momentum until yes. the FBI said, look, she got all these emails. She's yes. a lead. Yes. She's doing this. So that took the wind out. Unless Biden got something so great on Sanders, he shuts him down, he's just still chirping. So at some point, somebody got to suppress Bernie. So somebody has to have the the trump card, if you will, to say, be quiet. Dr. Patrick, why didn't uh, Elizabeth Warren come out with an endorsement either or? As we finish, she <clears throat> she's holding her fire as um, Rodney just shared with us. Uh, I think the longer she holds out, the more power or the more positioning she will have. If mm-hmm. she were to come out for Biden now, it's just like everyone else came out for Biden, and. It would give um, Bernie some uh, some room to argue to say that the the establishment, the Democratic establishment, uh, okay. that's ganging okay. up on okay. So she okay. hold out, and, <laughs> and like Rodney said, yes, um, Elizabeth Warren most likely will go for Biden, but this is not the time to do it. It's not the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Rodney, thank you. 
You're welcome. I appreciate you extending me uh, the invite, and as always, I appreciate all the discussion uh, Nathan and Roger have on this program. I, I learned so much about my new home of Zambia. <laughs> I like that. Dr. Pat, as always, we, we appreciate you and your input and your wisdom. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was a citizen's review of the Democratic Park Committee uh, National Convention's primaries. Uh, let's go back in uh, as we go to open forum with Roger. Remember, tomorrow we have a show at 2 p.m. Uh, the Zanus radio show. I think it comes at 2 p.m. Eastern and Next week, I'm working on getting the Minister of Health from Zambia to talk about Zambia's preparedness for the coronavirus. Have a great weekend. Give me.